The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I had just arrived in London at 18 and spotted this movie marquee, Meetings with Remarkable Men. The film was about the philosopher Gurdjieff, but it was the title that spoke to me. I wanted to know people like that, people changing the world by the way they lived. I've sought them out ever since, and now we'll hear from many of them on the Victoria Moran podcast, Meetings with Remarkable Women. Welcome to the podcast. Your host, Victoria Moran, author of Creating a Charmed Life, Younger by the Day, and Main Street Vegan, invites you to conversations designed to help you thrive in your body, cozy up to your soul, and use your unique gifts to change the world. Now, here's Victoria. Every person you see has stories, and every person you see has a few that would break your heart. I wrote that in one of my books, I'm not sure which one, but it's relevant today because my guest has a heartbreaking story, but also a triumphant story of rising up and creating beauty in the midst of grief. And she's my neighbor. We live in the same building, but until recently, I knew only tiny wisps of her story, even though it was noted in Newsweek and on the Today Show and Oprah.com. There's another sentence to that opening quotation, and that is, we deserve each other's respect simply because we've survived all we have and kept going anyway. Today's guest didn't just keep going, she grew wings. Good morning or afternoon or whatever it is where you are. And thank you so much for tuning in. I am Victoria Moran, and I am incredibly fortunate to get to chat with remarkable women and know that remarkable listeners are part of the conversation as well. My guest today is Egli Colon Stevens. She is a professor with a doctorate and a professional model. She is also the author with her daughter, Natalia Harris, of Unbroken, a mother-daughter journey of resilience, faith, and courage, dealing with Natalia's battle with bone cancer as a teenager. Natalia survived, sur-thrived, as she called it, and went on to fulfill her dreams of becoming a model with gigs including New York City Fashion Week, 
Project Runway and landing the December 2019 cover of Vogue Knitting. But just over two years ago, at the age of 24, Natalia passed away from a rare kidney cancer. Her mother, Egli, is now living for two and doing that brilliantly. It is my honor to welcome to the program, Dr. Egli Colon Stevens. Hey! Hey! <laughs> thank you for that beautiful introduction, Victoria. Well, thank you for your beautiful energy. It's so funny that we're talking through all this technology, yes. and yet you're just, I think, two floors down and right. down the hall a bit. That's right. That's right. Life in 2022. So it's wonderful, wonderful to be talking to you in this context and so that the listeners to this podcast get to know your story and get to know you. So tell us first about you, where you come from and how you became yourself. Oh my goodness. That is a question I'm still trying to figure out. But um, I was born in Santiago, uh, Dominican Republic. And I came to the United States at the age of 12. And I grew up in Brooklyn pretty much. I went to school here in the States as well as in uh, England. I did part of my doctoral studies at the University of Oxford. I've been an educator for 20 years and a day. <laughs> and um, an inner city educator. But above all, I'm a mom. I'm still Natalia's mom, even though she's not with us. Um, and I forgot to mention that I'm also uh, a lifestyle model, which is a role that I'm still growing into. It's uh, something that Natalia left me. I didn't go out you know, looking to be a, a model at 50, although I, I got signed with our agency when I was about 48, uh, when I went with her and they just uh, signed me on the spot. Um, I'm also an author, but I'm also a daughter. Um, I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I am a child of God. Oh, bless your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Yes. Now, because Natalia was your co-author and is so much a part of everything that your life stands for, tell us about your lovely daughter. Oh my goodness. It's so hard to speak about her in the past tense and you were, will hear me going back and forth, you know, but Natalia is, was light to this world, uh, my sunflower, my cherry blossom, my sweetheart, my dream come true and beyond. Uh, Natalia was intelligent. Uh, she also had great emotional intelligence, kind, just a gentle soul, um, but also strong, resilient, disciplined, um, and just amazing, a great daughter. And um, I used to tell her often that I, I wanted to be like her when I grew up. I, I admired, I still do, I admire my daughter greatly. 
and um, she was just, she was bigger than life itself. I mean, and I can say that from just an outside stranger, because I don't think I ever officially met Natalia, but I would see her occasionally in the lobby or in the elevator, uh, walking your little dog princess. And she had this presence. And I remember thinking at the time, she has this incredible confidence. And yet sometimes when people are very confident, it makes other people feel less than but Natalia's confidence was I am completely confident and I know how cool I am and so are you by the way it was just this beautiful embracing energy so can you tell us a little bit about her story of overcoming cancer and then life had other plans absolutely yes so if life wasn't hard enough for us already. I, uh, I was a single mom. Uh, I raised Natalia pretty much um, on my own, uh, working full time, uh, going to graduate school, and Natalia working very hard on her end as well in school. And at the age of 12, she was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is a kind of bone cancer. And that changed our lives around. Um, It was turned inside out, upside down, as you can possibly imagine. But we kept pushing forward. Um, She had about three quarter of her femur, her knee, and part of her upper tibia replaced with titanium, uh, with an internal prosthesis, and uh, underwent about 20 cycles of chemotherapy. So we were in and out of the hospital for almost two years. She completed the rest of seventh grade and all of eighth grade at the hospital while while being treated. Lots of physical therapy to regain her strength and be able to walk well again. And through it all, she kept insisting that she wanted to be a model. And of course, I didn't want my daughter's heart to be broken. I encourage her, but I really wasn't on board. You know, both of her parents are educators. And of course, we instilled the academics and uh, I was afraid. I was trying to protect her. But when it reached a point that I realized that this was what motivated her when she showed up to physical therapy on a wheelchair with my stilettos and she told the physical therapist, not only are you going to teach me how to walk again, but you're going to do it, you know, with these heels because I will walk the runway one day. And I thought my daughter was crazy, but, um, Little did I know that she will go on to grace, you know, the greatest runways and become the model that that she was. And for her, that was more than, you know, than vanity. It was more than fashion. It was her platform to empower other little girls, like she said, other women to own their beauty. You know, Natalia was a revolutionary before her time. You know, she redefined beauty with her 20-inch scar on her leg, which she did not allow anyone to cover it with makeup or or Photoshop. You know, she took pride in in her scar. And um, 
and she went on to do great things. Um, I, you know, Natalia was grace personified, indeed. She was that just getting onto an elevator with her dog. So through this experience, when she was 12, 13, 14, you and she wrote a beautiful book, Unbroken. Now, because I do this podcast every week and most of my guests have books, I try my best to scan and skim and get the gist of everybody's book. But every now and then I open one up with the intention of scanning and skimming and I cannot put it down and I read every single word. And that's what happened with Unbroken. So tell us about that process. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, again, I didn't set out to be a writer. However, I've been writing journals since I was 15. You know, it was like my, I didn't have too many friends growing up. So writing became my best friend. So when Natalia got sick, I had a hard time just informing, updating everyone. So my good friend, Aisa, set up uh, an account where I would just write updates and it became my closest friend uh, where I documented, I, you know, I kept an account of our highs and lows. And after our journey was finished, well, we're still in the journey, but I realized that Natalia was sedated for most of the time uh, that she was undergoing treatment and she didn't really remember much. But I, I wrote this book for Natalia. I wanted to show her, to remind her how strong she was, she is, and all the obstacles that she had overcome. So it was for her, but now as I look at it, as I've tried to open it again, I, I realize that it's also for me because I can gain strength from the strength that I had during our darkest hours. Well, it gives strength to the readers as well. It, it's, it's really such a powerful, powerful read. And of course, it ends on such a hopeful note. She had recovered. She was modeling. Her dream was coming true. I can't imagine, Egli, what it must have been like to hear that second diagnosis. Can you even speak about that? Oh, Victoria, our world fell apart. Yet we remain hopeful because this is Natalia you know, the overcomer. And we did not get the outcome we were expecting. You know, this is something that I'm still struggling with and that I think that I will struggle for the rest of my life. But after 11 years, you don't wait, you don't, you almost forget that you had cancer. Um, so we were not expecting you know, I kept taking Natalia for her checkups. First, it was every month, every three months, every six months. Then you, they transfer you to long-term care. We never missed an appointment. And I took care of my little girl. And she learned 
to take care of herself in a way that it was admirable. We even had it, you know, after the five year celebration, you're, that's it, you know, it's out of, out of sight. We never thought it was going to visit us again in, in the way that it did. We even had a 10 year cancer free celebration during Easter, which was the time that she was diagnosed. And the following year, she gets diagnosed again, but it was a different kind of cancer. This was uh, renal medullary carcinoma. It, it sounds so complicated, and that's because it is. Um, the survival rate is extremely low. And this was new to our team. They had never seen uh, a case like it, and they assured us that there was no relation between the first time and this time. This one was something new and it came to, to destroy us, to take her. Um, so it's been, it's been really hard. Of course, of, and you're so brave to talk mm -hmm. about it, to write about it, to be an incredible inspirer on Instagram. We talk about influencers. <laughs> well, you're that too, but you're an inspirer influencer and truly, truly extraordinary. Now, I know, Edley, that you are very much a woman of faith, but your faith was tested by the most difficult loss anybody can suffer. So how do you juxtapose that? What, what do you do with God? <laughs> that's a very very good question because I start my book my first line is before I knew of God before I knew about God I knew God you know in my soul in my spirit before I knew any scripture so I don't know life any other way than with God you know I come from two very faithful grandmothers that instilled uh, faith in me but then it became part of me. But I must say that I was very, very angry at God. Um, very disappointed. Uh, I'm no longer angry, but I am disappointed because as I share with a friend, I, I was God's brand ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> I was a good ambassador. I've dedicated my life to do his work to serve our community. I've been a youth, I, well, I'm not, I'm not a youth leader anymore, but I was a youth leader, but life with God, it's all I know. And I, I was disappointed. I felt that because of everything that I did and I deserved, I was entitled to, to a miracle. And I, you know, and maybe my miracle was not for me, for us, to experience in this life, you know, perhaps her healing came in that in in, in his presence and in, in that other life, in eternal life. Um, but as I I've shared with you before, I, I was wrestling with God. Uh, I either I, I I physically wrestled with him 
the night before Father's Day of 2020. I, I was crying my eyes out um, in bed and uh, my husband didn't know how to console me. He has been such a great force, such a, a silent, uh, because there's not much you can say to a mother grieving her only child. And I remember jumping out of bed and uh, physically wrestling with God and like throwing punches in the air. And my husband got up and he just held me. He just held my arms. Um, he just held me, he hugged me until I was able to calm down. And uh, the next day, again, this is during the pandemic. We were not, the family was not gathering in indoor spaces. Uh, so we had a picnic for my dad, my brother, my husband at Central Park, which is not far from uh, where we live. And at that moment, um, you know, we, we, we had set up our picnic and the last ones to arrive were uh, my sister and my niece, Penelope P. And she comes running to us uh, directly uh, towards me and she says, Titi, Titi, which means auntie in Spanish. Titi, Titi, Natalia visited last night. She came, she came to me last night. And, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, she probably had a dream. But she insisted that she was awake. And she said, Titi, Titi, Natalia, Natalia said, God is real, P. God is real. Pray, pray, pray. God is real. And my niece did not know what had happened the night before and how angry I was with God. You know, she only knows me as a woman deeply rooted in her faith. And at that moment, all those, the, all the walls that I have built up for God, uh, that anger, it kind of melted, it crumbled, and uh, the anger has diminished a lot to the point that it's almost gone. But more importantly, the line of communication was opened again, and I've been able to pray. I think it was my daughter's message uh, to me that God is real, to pray, to pray. And many times I cannot pray with words, Victoria. And I, I offer my life daily and let my, my breath be my prayer, my presence and everything that I do to be my prayer, almost like a prayer in motion. I see that. I see that even on social media, which is not necessarily the most uh, prayerful place that we go during the day, but that whole pray without ceasing thing could really describe your life. And something <laughs> I see in your Instagram posts is that you're living your own fulfilling life despite going through this grief process but you're also living much of the life that Natalia would be living if she were still on earth. And as I was grasping that and coming to see what, what an incredible way to deal with an awful loss. And I thought it was completely unique to you, but then I realized 
that my own husband is doing something similar because his son, James, died at, at 16. James was in Catholic school, and I believed without question that he was on his way to becoming a priest. But 12 years after his passing, William, my husband, decided to go to seminary. And when I met him, he was an atheist. I figured, you know, we'll just agree to disagree on that. But he went to the One Spirit Seminary. He was ordained as an interfaith minister. And I didn't think about that as a way to honor James and and perhaps live a life similar in terms of intent to, to what James would have done had he lived until I read about you and Natalia. So, so fill us in on what you're doing to, to carry her life forward in yours. (laughs) That's, that's beautiful. Thank you. Well, the greatest gift I can give my daughter is to live the way she would have wanted me to live. So I'm honoring her in all that I do. Letting my life, this life, be a tribute to her. Of course, culturally, I'm grieving. You know, where I come from, you're expected to dress in dark colors for a certain amount of years, not listen to music, um, you know, just... In, if I was to describe it in, in colors, it looks like a very sad, uh, and don't get me wrong, you know, I am deeply sad inside, but if I'm trying to honor my daughter, I have to grieve her the way that she lived. And my daughter, as I said before, she was grace personified. She was a ray of sunshine. She was and is pure light. So, and I'm a pretty happy person myself, pretty goofy as well. And uh, so I just dress myself in the brightest colors and my spirit, my, my gut, it tells me to dance, to smile, to experience joy again, the way my daughter would have wanted me to experience joy and pleasure and and have fun. And uh, one of the things that I thought of, but I want to say it was a download from God, from her, uh, one of the things that was placing my spirit was to get myself a pair of roller skates. And I'm talking about 2020, you know, when stores were closed. And uh, I went and got myself a pair of roller skates and I started roller skating again you know as a child that was the first thing that I had asked my mom when she came to the states to please send me a pair of roller skates Uh, and although it was hard to get them because everything was sold out in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic uh, I, I was able to get myself a pair and I roller skates I roller skate and I also dress myself in bright colors and sometimes I wear costumes and lots of uh, glitz and sparkles and makeup and sometimes wigs and uh, you know and sometimes it's so much easier for me to wear costumes you know because my life is the reality of my life is heavy 
and uh, and also fashion it's a it's it's a it's a way of self-expression for me uh i get to be creative and at times escape my reality um so i call it roller grieving uh and uh I've been doing it now for 175 days. The goal is 365 and beyond, but I think I'm going to roller skate my way to heaven. I don't think I'm going to stop. I'm going to be 70, 80 years old, and I hope to be roller skating uh, with my friends, which some of them are, are that age. I They're 85. That, that is so cool. And you don't just roller skate. You roller dance. I mean, it's it's really, and we've talked about uh, Egley's Instagram. It is at I am Natalia's mom. So follow her and you, you'll be uplifted. (laughs) You'll be glad you did. And so you're also modeling, which is something that Natalia did. And as you describe your life, I know you're, you're still a young woman yourself, but your life in it, I guess we can call it kind of midlife is infused with this youthful energy. I think Natalia is breathing into you a lot of that 20 something energy that we tend to think we're supposed to lose at a certain point. That's right. I love it. So you, you talked about fashion and I find this really interesting for one thing. I love it when people have parts that don't seem to match, you know, you hear, Oh, somebody is a woman of faith. And then we get this idea of, well, you know, dour, (laughs) maybe a little bit judgmental, but you know, you so incorporate every aspect of life. And there was a time that, I would have waxed poetic about fashion, just as, as you do. I went to fashion school at 18. I went to London uh, to do that. And at that time, I had my calendar marked for every month's publication date of British, French, Italian, and American Vogue. Wow. <laughs> but I don't feel that connection to fashion anymore. Part of it is the pandemic, I think, of going through all that time of just really not even opening my closet because it was just going to be another day in in yoga gear. But I would love to get some of that joy of of fashion back. So can you help us to see it as an avenue? And I know it's an optional one. We're all different. Some people don't care about that at all. But for those of us who do or who want to, give us Fashion 101. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, for me, fashion, it's a, it's a way of self-expression. And like you said, you know, for the longest time, I felt like in a box that, you know, I was in this academic world, but also a religious, you know, working for institutions that were religious and, and I felt trapped and it wasn't until 45 I turned 45 that I started to see myself as a multifaceted woman that I could be more than one thing and I have to thank the millennials for that you know when I went to teach uh, college level I felt the sense of freedom there and also the way a lot of millennials you know including my daughter that she could be more than one thing you know 
bright, a bright journalism college student. She was a senior about to graduate uh, when she transitioned, but also this top fashion model, but also this amazing young woman of faith and uh, just fun. And uh, with her passing, there was like an explosion in me. I no longer stay on the safe side. Of course, you know, I continue to be a conservative woman, um, but I express myself and fashion is my outlet. And I love Instagram more so uh, now than ever because it connects me to my daughter. My daughter loved Instagram. And for a long time, I couldn't see big pictures of her. So, but I was okay with watching her videos uh, in her pictures uh, four by six, but it's getting better. Now I have Pic bigger pictures of her. I'm in her, in her room right now. But like you said, I, I, I believe that when Natalia took her last breath, she breathed uh, life, her breath. I took in her breath. I think I died at that moment, perhaps. And uh, a new woman lives in me want to honor her, but also to be true to myself, to who I am. I, I love color. I love fashion. I, I, I really love life, you know, uh, although it has changed for me, but in her honor, I want to make my best of my time here. I want to make her proud. I want her to say, good job, mommy. Good job. I want to you know, I want to live, I want my life to align with the values that I taught her. So she, she gets me out of trouble many times, you know, with what will Natalia do? I don't have any tattoos, but it, WWND, it's imprinted in my heart. What will Natalia do? And it always points to the bright side. So I'm just so grateful and so honored to be Natalia's mom. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. You have written, Egli, if we were more aware that we are mortal beings, we would dare to live more intensely. And this is such an interesting concept. I think sometimes spiritual people, and I certainly know I have done this, I have overlooked life on earth and all the joys and beauties that are here because I just thought, well, it's not as cool <laughs> as the life of the spirit. Right. And yet I'm not a, a, a nun or, or a yogi in an ashram. 
you know, I'm out in the world and I can learn from people like you the and majesty of life on earth. So how, how do you do that? How do you do this great engagement in your life here and now? <laughs> Such a powerful question. And sometimes when I hear what I've written, I wonder where did that come from? That definitely, it's a download from God. Um, we are more, there has, there has to be more. I know there's more. I, I have experienced, you know, the signs. I, I, I live with my daughter's spirit and also the spirit of God. But there has, I don't think we were created for this mess we live in, you know, with its beautiful moments, because, you know, there are some beautiful moments uh, to life. But I just know, I just know deep in my soul, deep in my heart, that there's more. And that sometimes we get so caught up on nonsense. You know, the worst has already happened to me. Um, losing my one and only child. And it just breaks my heart when I see people just thinking that this life is eternal. And uh, losing my daughter, I've realized, although it seems like eternity, it is not. Uh, this material world will end. We, we're mortal beings. You know, and uh, it may end tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised. And uh, this moment, this breath, I even tell myself this grieving heart, this pain you're going through, it's not going to last forever. Breathe, breathe. And keep putting one foot, one roller skate in front of the other. You know, and I, I, it's a meditation in motion for me, roller skating, roller grieving. I, I, as I dance, I pray, I cry, I open my arms, and sometimes I even feel that I can fly. Do you think you've discovered something in terms of the movement? I was doing uh, aerial yoga for several years. And then, then I hurt my wrist. I hope I can get back to aerial yoga one day. My wrist isn't up for holding my full body weight at this moment. But in kind of my sadness at using aerial yoga, I have now discovered something called gyrotonics or gyrokinesis. Have you run into that? Wow. No, I haven't, but I would it love hear more about it oh it's this wonderful system developed by a dancer and it brings in dance and yoga and other things and it uses a system of kind of pulleys it's hard to describe yeah. but when I did it for the first time on, on the aftermath of several months when my life had not been you know the best yes. and I felt happy and, and the instructor said, walk around and then tell me how you feel. And I said, well, I feel taller because I knew that was, that was true, but it was also what she was expecting. And then I said, and I feel happy. Yes. <laughs> and so there's something about moving the body to kind of get the, the joy juices going. Absolutely. And, 
another thing I wanted to ask you about, because you're a, a master of it, is looking for signs and wonders. And I do that too. And some people think it's silly, but I wouldn't want to live without them. So would you like to tell us about a white feather or maybe a <laughs> rainbow or both? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Again, I didn't, I didn't think that I will ever experience signs from my daughter, but I realize now that they sustain me on a day-to-day. You call them gut wings, and I also (laughs) call them gut wings. And I'm just so grateful for God's signs and wonders for allowing her to continue to show up on my daily life, sometimes twice a day, sometimes once. But the feather, which has become an, an, uh, an ongoing uh, sign, um, it happened um, early on. Um, it, you know, I was still angry at God. And uh, one of the things I had promised my daughter was that I was going to take care of myself. So I set up an appointment to go get a physical. Um, And my physician is near St. Patrick's Cathedral. And of course, I I used to tell my, I tell my student to arrive on time is to be late. To arrive early is to arrive on time. So of course I showed up early to my doctor's appointment. And as I'm on at the corner of Fifth Avenue and 51st Street, I looked at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Uh, Mass was about to start. Uh, That is a special place for my daughter and I. Um, Very, very special. So I said to myself, I'm going to go in. But God, please know that I'm really angry at you. And I started having this tantrum with God as I'm walking towards the cathedral and telling God, I'm not going to pray. I don't even want to hear mass. I'm just going to, I need a place to sit. So uh, church is a safe place. I'm going to go. So I went in, I stayed for mass. I went through the motions. I received communion. I had nothing to say. I didn't pray. I didn't ask for anything. But it felt so peaceful. And um, as I was leaving, I stood on the steps of the church and I looked around. I looked up. And I spoke to my daughter. I said, Natalia, I need to know. I need to know that you are okay. I need to know that you're eating things that mothers worry about. Uh, I need to know that you're warm. I need to know that you're not wandering around in that world you're in looking for mommy. I don't want you to think I abandoned you. I don't want you to be like me in this deep state of sorrow looking for you in this world. I need a sign. I need to know God, please. So perhaps this was my prayer, but I was pleading with God, you know, in the midst of New York traffic. And all of a sudden I see this white feather descending 
right in front of me. And, and I just, I, I, I was searching for my phone because, you know, I just love to take pictures of everything and I just couldn't even find my pockets, but I also couldn't get my eyes off the feather. And it was just there right in front of me, descending. And, and I knew at that moment that that was a sign that that was my daughter. I mean, not her physically, but that was a sign. It was the answer that I was searching for. It was, it was a sign from, from her, from God. And it has been a recurrent theme now uh, that I see a white feather descending right in front of my eyes um, when I least expect it or when we're talking about her. It's almost like affirming I'm here. I mean, yesterday we were going to a family uh, party, uh, a Gatsby 100th birthday. And as I'm driving, there it is a white feather on the highway descending right in front of my car. Or well, earlier this week when I was going for a, a procedure and my husband, and I'm never alone. There are others, you know, even my husband who doesn't always believe has become kind of a believer of these signs and wonders. And there was the white feather uh, or a cardinal, uh, which she used to say when when angels are near cardinals appear which is a quote that she had read somewhere and they always appeared uh, when we were taking our walks at central park um, another sign is the rainbow um, and it has happened several times you just you you learn to speak this spiritual language uh, it's the way that I'm in communion with her, but just recently, one of her closest, actually two of her closest friends, you know, uh, the bride and the groom were both of her friends, um, invited me to their wedding in, in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. And before the ceremony, um, I decided to go on a quiet walk alone by, by the water. You know, and as I'm saying, oh, baby, I, I wish you were here. You know, this this is your invitation. This is your spot. You would have been here celebrating with them. And all of a sudden, I, I, I look up. I, I, I turn around and look up, and there was the most majestic rainbow right in front of my eyes. And I just, I just had to take a deep breath. Because honestly, deep in my heart, I felt, you know, she was whispering in my ear, mommy, but I'm here. You can't see me. You can't touch me the way that I was. But look, and right now, Victoria, you are not going to believe this, but there is a feather on our window. Oh, I believe it, but it made the hairs on my arms stand up anyway. Oh my goodness. Wow. I cannot believe it. It's just, it just landed on a tree in our courtyard. This is again, and this is how it happens. It's almost as her a response. Wow. I'm I'm speechless. 
Oh, and thank you for sharing that with all of us. That's that's really beautiful. And I just want to say to listeners, I know we have used the word God a lot in this conversation because Egli and I are both comfortable with that, you know, based on our upbringing and neither of us had religious trauma, which is a real thing. I know a lot of people have had that. And that word is not comfortable or comforting. So I hope that you're able to do a quick translation. There's just all kinds of words, higher power, true self, goddess, higher meaning, great beneficence, whatever works for you. Um, It's all the same because we're all connected. And I happen to believe that we are all deeply loved in this love that uh, Natalia and Egli continue to share even beyond the physical world is just such beautiful, beautiful proof of that. So as we wind things down, Egli, first, I want to remind everybody of where they can find you. Your absolutely glorious Instagram is at I am Natalia's mom. The book is Unbroken by Egli Colon Stevens. You can find that wherever books are sold. Egli's website, which is really worth going to. It has so much terrific information about Egli and about Natalia is Egli Colon Stevens. That's a phstevens.com. And we will put all of that in the show notes at victoriamoran.com. So as we come to a close, my lovely friend and neighbor, (laughs) if someone is hurting today, if someone has had a loss, has had a major disappointment, based on your life experience, what would you say to them? That I love them. (laughs) That I love them. That as long as they're breathing, there's still hope for better days. That the human spirit is unbreakable when grounded in faith and love to keep putting one foot in front of the other, to keep breathing. As long as we're breathing, there's life. And to just create that safe circle for themselves if they don't have a circle that can support them around them. Thank you, Egli. And I so look forward to seeing you in the courtyard and uh, (laughs) hither and yon, and to also see your, your modeling work. You are a serious professional model. You know, some people say, oh, I'm a model. And it means, you know, I I like to have my picture taken or whatever, but you are a working model with, with real campaigns. You're going out auditioning. Yes. You are just making this world a bright, bright place in memory of your beautiful daughter and uh, as a gift for all of us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to know you. Thank you. The pleasure is also mine, Victoria. You're really awesome yourself. (laughs) Oh, bless your heart. So I can wish you uh, adieu, as they say. And if you would like to do the leave meeting little click now, you can. That was something I forgot to tell you at the outset that what I do is some announcements at the end. You are welcome to stay or not. I know you're you're busy and have plenty of things to do. And I do thank you so, so very much for this 
very, very moving conversation and for all that you do in the world. Thank you. So listeners, was that beautiful or what? Oh my gosh, what a privilege. So a couple of announcements in our last few minutes here. My new website is up, victoriamoran.com. Please sign up there for whatever will be happening. I'm not sure yet if there's going to be a newsletter, a blog, or just what will be happening. It will be something because I still have MainStreetVegan.com. We have a weekly blog there, and I have to honor the fact that they haven't put extra hours in the day just because I need them, but I would really, really be grateful if you would stop in at victoriamoran.com, sign up, and that's also where we have the show notes for every episode of this podcast and where you can find more information about Egley and also um, URLs for finding her online. Then I want to let you know about something that's going to be happening at the end of October 2022, and that is the Road to Eden Conference and Retreat. It's over Halloween weekend at one of the most beautiful and, I believe, holy sites on the planet, and that is Unity Village, Missouri, which is just outside Kansas City. If you used to listen to the Main Street Vegan podcast, you know that Unity Online Radio sponsored that. We did that podcast for almost 10 years. And Unity Village, where that came from, is this incredible place of exquisite beauty, amazing natural beauty, glorious architecture. There's a little chapel there that is, I don't know, you just feel like, Uh, heaven decided to put a little suburb on earth and they put it right there. And the conference itself is sponsored by our good friend, Reverend Carol Saunders and the Spiritual Forum. And it's all about how we can really create a sustainable, kind, gentle, loving world and how we can be happier and healthier in the midst of it. So you can get all of that information at spiritualforum.org, and we'll put those links in the show notes at victoriamoran.com as well. And finally, my last announcement is coming up October 11th, 2022, through the Compassion Consortium, which is Spirituality for Animal Advocates. We have book night and film night every once in a while, and this is going to be our October film night celebrating St. Francis, whose uh, special day is in October, and those of you who are animal people know how much St. Francis uh, was a friend of nature and a friend of all life. So the recommendation is that we all watch this beautiful film called Brother Son sister moon it's an old film and absolutely exquisite and extraordinary you can find it online it's not on the usual suspects it's not on netflix but if you just google brother son sister moon or look for links at victoriamoran.com on our show notes (laughs) you'll find out where you can watch the film and then on october 11th we will be meeting 
and having a panel, which I will convene. And the speakers are Elaine Hutchison, who is a historian who has done special research on St. Francis, Reverend Janet Chapman, who is a Disciples of Christ minister in Northern California, and who just returned from an intensive in Assisi, studying the works of Francis as they uh, impact the lives of animals and the natural world, and Reverend Father John Deere, who is a fixture in the peace movement this incredible human being has been arrested for nonviolent civil disobedience over 65 times, and he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by Bishop Desmond Tutu. So pretty cool panel, right? And you can find all that information at CompassionConsortium.org. Just click on events. And again, I will put everything as well in our show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today or this evening. And now go out and be remarkable. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can learn more about Victoria or contact her at victoriamoran.com. Be part of her inner circle by joining the Victoria Moran Podcast Listeners Group on Facebook. And if you're a vegan looking to up your game, check out Victoria's acclaimed training and certification program, Main Street Vegan Academy at MainStreetVegan.com. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.